Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting with my best radio buds, uh, Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. The Zigster. <laughs> Zigster. Yes, and, and, uh, and, and Thomas Patrick. His nickname is getting nicknames. Yes. <laughs> you noticed that? The that's, Zigsters. That's how you know we love him. That's right. And, you know, we know, yeah, or we've forgotten his name, <laughs> which is another possibility. So here we are. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, and we are in the midst, uh, we just passed the halfway point, mm-hmm. uh, of the Seven Sorrows of Mary, doing sort of a, a series of shows on the Seven Sorrows of Mary. Each sorrow gets its own show. And uh, I've really enjoyed it's been great. doing this uh, and walking through these Seven Sorrows. Because, you know, we do so many things as Catholics that we just... By rote, I mean we just we just do them because that's what we do. And so mm-hmm. I've heard uh, of Father, you know, James Blunt talk about you know machine gun rosaries. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that wouldn't go over well with the Atlantic magazine, you know, because <laughs> an extremist would have a weapon like the rosary. But but what he what he was referring to was. Uh, machine gunning like uh, you know rat a tat tat you know how many grace you know just to kind of get it all in there you the, know? the auctioneer's rosary yeah, I think exactly they call it. except yeah exactly <laughs> exactly uh, and so I I, uh, I I love that we can take something and that we're many of us uh, and even if those are not familiar with with this particular devotion to be able to stop and kind of look at each one and like what does this mean what is this what what are the spiritual benefits of this uh, versus just like, well, this is the next step, right? right? It's kind of like taking a journey, driving across the country, and we're going to stop in Little Rock, and then we're going to stop in in Oklahoma, and we're going to make a stop in Albuquerque, you know, all the way going to the coast or whatever. And it's like you can you make those stops, and you kind of get a little something along the way. And so that's what mm-hmm. we're doing here. And we've made our way to the fifth sorrow of Mary, uh, and this is the crucifixion and death of Jesus. Uh, and I guess we pretty much all know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins because we're all sinners. Uh, thank you, Jesus. And that pretty much wraps up the show. I mean, we're done at that point, right? So, so uh, Sam, help us. Uh, help us to compassionate right. Mary in the seven like sorrows. Word, yeah, I, do. I love that word. <laughs> I, <laughs> I never used too. it before. I do too, yeah. So uh, help us to put our... Um, our, ourselves in the sandals of Mary, as it were, right. see things through Mary's eyes, and and how the 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 understanding of the crucifixion, the death of Jesus, how her uh, experience of that can also bring uh, a fruitful benefit to our own lives. Well, I mean, today the fifth sorrow. I mean, this is the sorrow, right? If you're going to just point to just one of these seven, pointing to the crucifixion and death is sort of the. Uh, the sorrow that most people point to when they talk about the sorrows of Christ is the culminating um, uh, sorrow of the sorrowful mysteries on the rosary. Yes. So this this is a big one. In today's parlance, in like a text, sorrow would be all caps. Right. Yeah. This right. Is, right. Yes, exactly. exactly. All right. And so, you know, and in this, this sorrow, God eternal, who is outside of time, has stepped into time, has taken on flesh in the womb of his mother. Our mother, in response to her fiat, her yes, and she knew going back to her first sorrow, the prophecy of St. Simeon, that this beautiful, perfect baby boy, love itself, love himself, love made flesh, would be a sign that would be contradicted, leading to the rise and fall of many, 
that a sword would pierce her heart. She knew in the second sorrow, she knew that the desires of evil to attack and destroy her son, even as he was a baby, a baby. She saw uh, Herod. She had, they had to flee Herod. She saw Herod murderous, murderous in his desire to kill Jesus. Uh, she saw that Herod slaughtered all of those innocent babies up to age two to take out that in, in an effort to take out Jesus, mm-hmm. who there at that time was the most innocent of all babes in the history of babies. She tried to protect Jesus. Then she knew, she knew from her third sorrow. When they lost the Christ child in Jerusalem from three days, from that she knew that he would be that there would be a limit as to how much she could protect him. That ultimately he did not belong to her, but to God. You know, as we discussed in that show, he said to her, "Don't you know it must be about my father's business?" Mm-hmm. And she came to learn exactly what his father's business would be during his three years of public ministry. In her own personal conversations with him, she came to learn that the Son of Man must suffer and die in order to be resurrected, and that he was on mission, on mission to uh, against the enemies of the people of God. Now, other people heard his preaching, and they, they thought he was talking about politics, about ending the Roman occupation. For most people, that was going to be the crowning achievement of Messiah, of the Messiah. But this is the Immaculata. This is he, she who was conceived without sin, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the beloved daughter of the Father, the, the mother of the Son, the spouse of the, Holy, of the Holy Spirit, Our Lady of the Trinity. You know, Jesus often talked about those who have ears ought to hear, you know, let them hear. Our Blessed Mother, she had ears to hear. Yeah. <laughs> She, she heard loud and clear. She had yes, exactly. And so she very exact she she when she heard Jesus talking saying things like, I'm gonna have to break into the strong man's house, I'm gonna bind the strong man, plundering his goods. Our blessed mother would have had ears to hear. She would have known what that meant. She would have known that who Jesus was coming to fight, who the enemy of the people of God truly is, the devil. When he's going to break into the strong man's house, he's going to break into the devil's house. He's going to bind the devil and plunder his goods. What are his goods? We are. You know, last week we borrowed from a talk from uh, Father John Ricardo. And he's, he talked about how do you nail the God of the universe to a tree? Where do you buy that nail? Mm-hmm. He only ends up on that cross if he wants to be there. Just as Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I freely lay it down. So this is why in the fourth sorrow, in the carrying of the cross, we liken it to a mother seeing her son going off to war. That's, and she understood that. So our blessed mother, she had eyes to see. She had ears to hear. She knew exactly what was going on here at this crucifixion. Or at least much better. She had a much better idea than any creature there. She knew he was going to war for us, to fight for us, to save us, that this was a culminating moment for the whole history of mankind. But it's still her son. Her own flesh and blood that she's, she's seen getting nailed to the cross, stripped naked, mocked by the same people he's, that she's there to save. You know, and this is something that I think that we, we, we should just pause for a second and just remind people, again, if we're going to use my favorite word, and compassionate Mary, to see things through Mary's eyes, while it is... It is right. It is just that we elevate Mary to the greatest of creatures. Right. Right? That, that, that she is above and beyond what we will ever attain. Right? Right. And, and, but, but a beautiful model of humility and grace uh, and, and a source of, of blessings for us through her intercession. 
Um, but to remind us that she is like the flesh and blood mother of Jesus. Yes. Right? And that, that she, so all those things that we experience, uh, you know, in, in terms of love of our children, uh, blood being thicker than water, the connection. And I think in one of the, one of the shows we talked about the fact that, uh, that, 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 you know, in, in childbearing, there is a physiological connection that Mary has with with Jesus sharing uh, in DNA. Oh yeah, right. And so there's a there's a uh, something that comes with that intimacy, that proximity to the Savior in a very special way. So she cannot divorce herself mm-hmm. from her natural human instincts of protection and of pain when that which she loves so dearly is wrenched from her. Well, you 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 two are parents. I haven't yet had the blessing of being a parent. I'm sure you guys have experienced in your lives as parents your child getting very seriously injured and you're sitting there and you're wanting to make it go away. Right. You're wanting to fix it. You want it to be right. dad can fix all of this. Mm-hmm. And you you can't. I mean, you can take the person to the doctor, you take your child to the doctor and, and get them the care that they need, but but you can't just make it go away. So I've had some experiences with like kids being uh, sick, but mostly. And Tom, I don't know if you've you've ever experienced this because you got such, you know, um, mean kids. But I, <laughs> but like when my kids, one in particular, when, <laughs> when my kids would get bullied, mm-hmm. I mean when they were little guys mm-hmm. and just little, and you're and you're watching them. And my kids were not particularly gifted, at, and they'll all tell you they were not the greatest athletes. I I used to send they're not them fighters or lovers. No, but I would send them to baseball practice with those. You know, I buy an entire bucket of the of bubble gum. Yeah, you know, and I would send them to practice with that, and then they were everybody's favorite. Oh, like the Drzezinski's <laughs> got bubble gum. Um, and now, so that aside, when they would get bullied, and kids do. I mean, that happens, and they get made fun of. Then you want to just. You're like I'm like a thirty something year old man wanting to go uh, beat the snot out of an eight year old. Right. It's like I would never do that. Granted, I just would never would. But you cannot help that feeling of protection. Like I want to step in there. Yeah. So I imagine what what the blessed mother would be thinking. Certainly is like last well, she week. Took it. Right. Well, she that, that, when it. she talked. When 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 she like walked uh, along with Jesus on the way to the cross. Right. Mm-hmm. I just how painful that would have been. And and again we we've invoked. Uh, uh, you know Mel Gibson's name a few times in his Passion of the Christ movie. Uh, the scene for me that was so powerful in this regard was her carefully mopping up all the blood of her son. Right. That scene was so powerful because in her mind it had to be that this this was drained from the body of my child, mm-hmm. a, a vir- the, a, the product of a virgin birth yeah. from on high. Yeah. So all of that stuff come exploding together. Yeah. It just makes the crucifixion so much more of a powerful image when we see it through Mary's eyes. Yeah. Right. I, I'm thankful that Christ died for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need that. You know, and I'm thankful for that. But it's not like just service is rendered. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But when, because when you see it through the eyes of Mary, now it's like, oh, it's, he didn't deserve that. He didn't. Right. And then I'm the cause of that. Yeah. You know, so back to Mel Gibson. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, when they're nailing Jesus to the cross, the close up of the, of the spike going into Jesus's hands, Mel. it's Mel. He yeah. did that. 
uh, he didn't want anybody. He's like, it's my sins that caused his death. Right. Mm. Right. So there's a there's just like. And so that's to me that's compassionating. <laughs> well, and Mary, you know, like imagine like you guys as fathers, you probably have been there when your child like needed stitches, something like yes. that, right? And the, and you're sitting there, you you're you're holding the kid's hand, and you're like, you'll get through this, you'll get through this, and and so that same instinct was probably there where she would want to give that same comfort and support to Jesus, but my goodness. I mean, it's on a completely different scale, the crucifixion. Right. And, and at the end of the day, you know, she can say whatever she might feel led to say, but it's it's Jesus who's going to be the one who sees it through. Right. You know, at the end of the day, and it's our Father who has lordship over the moment, but that still as a mom, right. that desire to say, like, hey, I'm here, you know, is right. there. But for her to feel like, I can't imagine that, you know, she knows how much Jesus loves her and is, and wants her there and that he her presence is a comfort to her. Mm-hmm. She no doubt wanted to be able to cover everything with that motherly love in that moment to try to help make it go away. So you, you've mentioned a couple times, though, that she has the perfect shock absorption system. Yes, that's true. Right. You've said that before. And that's so um, it, thanks for that gift. She was made there. She was she was prepared Right to do to do this to be this in in this situation. She was built for this moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For most people, this would be too much for a person to handle. I mean, I feel like most at some point, most moms, if they were uh, or fathers for that matter, would have fainted by now. You know, and well, fainted or or they would have gotten angry or would have gotten and angry or something. Hurt, especially yes. a mad mom. or they or they would run away. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. many and did. She stood quietly. At the foot of the cross, she was built for this moment, her, and, and like like you said, Deacon Jeff, yeah, her heart she has, she's perfect in virtue, she's perfect in, in compassion, she's born conceived without sin, not just born without sin, conceived without sin. She has this perfect shock absorption system, and 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 you know, really, I think in this moment, she was there also making the choice to love all of the people who are there condemning and crucifying her son, including us, as you were saying with Mel Gibson and the, and the image that he created by being making himself the person who nails Christ to the cross. We nail him to the cross every day with our sins. You know, it was in there in that moment that she, she didn't just become, she went from being the mother of Jesus, mother Mary, mother of God, to being mother to us all. You know, and that was something that Jesus um, spoke into existence son behold your mother mother behold your son you know one of his last gifts to mankind was to give us his mother and i have to think the immaculata sitting there conceived without sin spouse of the holy spirit as she's receiving this moment john the apostle john might not have fully understood at that time right he hadn't yet received the holy spirit he might have just been hearing that moment saying like okay it's my job to take care of jesus's mom i'm gonna do this she probably had an understanding that this was a, he was making a gift of his mother to every single person who was, who was willing to stand by his cross mm-hmm. and follow him to Calvary. And, and, and so watching your son die like this, I mean, it would have been a, a heartbreak that would have shattered any other heart. But because of that perfect shock absorption system, you could think of it, I feel like, what would have, that would, which would have shattered to pieces any other heart instead it it expanded her heart yeah i would i would think that it's almost like it was the catalyst planned you know in all time by god yeah uh, to essentially activate her into the fullness of what she was created to be as mother of us all this revelation says that you know the the woman 
crown with 12 stars uh, and Revelation 12, you can clearly see is married, just a plain reading of the text. It says that because the devil couldn't get out at the woman or at her son, he went, after, he went at war her for her offspring, which were those who follow Jesus and are obedient to his commandments. So what's that? Christian. So Mary, mother of all Christians, and, and we're all called to that. Every single human person is called and to be a member of the body of Christ. And so literally, you know, her heart expanded to encompass us all. Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. Her immaculate heart expanded in the same way that Jesus' most sacred heart has always encompassed us all. Um, and, and, you know, in those moments, yeah, she was bro- heartbroken beyond words, but she was also taking in those moments, I think, his crucifixion and death in ways that no one else was able to. Not just because... I think that she, by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, was blessed with the grace to extend her motherhood to everybody there and to love the people there. Mm-hmm. And you know, and she also doesn't see this as something in uh, like done in futility, right? Like a meaningless death, no, right? Because she can see that like he's like exercising his lordship over sin and death. Like he accomplished yes. something with that. It was not so simple as like, well, you know, woe is Jesus and woe is this situation. Uh, it wasn't a fruitless exercise. Right. So like a lot of times we, we people look at the cross, they don't really have much of a background understanding. They just hear he died for our sins. They think, gee, we've been really bad. You know, and they and they look at this really nice guy. I, I, if you read about the Bible, he seems very kind and gentle. Mm-hmm. And gosh, we're all really bad. And we should be better. And we, we should, should be try better. not to sin. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus, you know, we were talking about how he was going to war. Mm-hmm. He was going to war against the strong man to mm-hmm. enter the strong man's house and bind him. To, 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 he, was, he was exercising on that cross his lordship, as you said, Deacon Jeb, his lordship over sin and death. Because sin and death are not just, they're, they're not just things or ideas. They are dominions. There's a reason that they're typically written. Father John Ricardo talks about this in this article, in this, in this, in this talk uh, on YouTube. You can find it, Proclaiming the Kerygma. It's a beautiful talk. But he talks about... Um, how it's best to capitalize sin and death most of the times when it's discussed in in scripture, and the reason it's best to capitalize the S and sin and the D and death because they're 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 dominions. You know, we we're, we are when we were conceived and born, we were conceived and we were born under the dominion of sin and death. We are helpless to free ourselves from those dominions. It's only by Jesus that we're set free to enter the kingdom of God. And she saw him exercising his dominion over, over sin, for she, example. She got that. She totally got that. Yeah. I mean, she had to have gotten that. This is the Immaculata right. spouse of the Holy Spirit, hearing him preaching. She's taking. If she didn't get it, nobody got it. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I mean, remember when she was at the, at the Nativity, what, what did she do? She, she took all these things and she put them in her right. heart. Right. Our, our Blessed Mother's Immaculate Heart was also the contemplative heart of Mary. You right. know? And so she was taking in all of this stuff and listening to Christ's words. I have to think, yeah, exactly as Deacon Jeff said. If she didn't get it, no one did. Right. I'm not saying she had the full picture. But, I mean, imagine when she sees Jesus say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That's lordship over over sin that's mm-hmm. being exercised there. Mm-hmm. He, he's not letting their sins rule his heart for them, right. and he is exercising lordship insofar as he is forgiving their sins. He is turning as to the, our Father to 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 call upon uh, you know mercy 
for them. And he did the same thing for the thief of the cross. He exercised dominion over sin. There he is on the cross. He's taking time out of his sufferings on the cross to forgive the thief on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. I mean, that if, if, Mary's, if Mary's watching this, I have to think that she had to be in awe. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 or in the same way, he, when he exercised dominion over death, he chose the moment when he died. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Like, just like we had said before, like no one takes, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I freely lay it down, right? Mm-hmm. So like in that same regard, I mean, listen, if I just all of a sudden say, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, I don't, no part of me thinks that I'm about, I'm about to suddenly die, even if I'm really praying for it. But if you did, after you said that, I'd be like, I believe in Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking you to do that, but, but, but you know but, when you say this, yeah. th- this is powerful, and and, and uh, we we have to like think. I, cut the show off. Uh, no, we're not going to. <laughs> so I, I just I think that what's so powerful about what you're saying here that I think that we can start to experience is like you know all of the things that her son did that she witnessed along the way. Right. Like all of those things have to be flashing back. Oh I yeah. Mean, think about the the time when when Jesus, you know, came into the upper room. Right and the night of the resurrection, right and then and breathes on the apostles, mm. and right and and, and so uh, she knows about this, right and she knows that he says he essentially gives them the authority to forgive sins. Yes, right. So this demonstrates his holding of the keys, his holding of the 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 mastery over the dominion of sin. Yeah, right. That he's giving and he's handing those keys. He's handing that authority to uh, to the those apostles there in right. relation to sin. Well, you can't do that unless you master that dominion. Right, unless you are the Lord of so sin and all death these things, yourself. <laughs> all these things are flooding back to her at this moment, I guess is what I'm getting at. It's like all of a sudden you see this like sort of like all the arrows point to this this moment and then this crucifixion and what what what's accomplished through the, the crucifixion then suddenly explodes in her heart, right? And so all that stuff comes to fruition. And so now, Mary, mother of us all, we should all be able to experience the reality of what these dominions are and the fact that they have a master. Yes. Well, and it's to draw upon Father John Ricardo's talk, he said that Jesus, he came, so he gives this really cool image where he basically says that um, the devil was whipping up that fury out there, mm-hmm. okay, to try to, to get uh, you know people to, to turn against Jesus, to crucify Jesus, right? Because the devil knew that Jesus was an enemy, right? Uh, of 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 the devil and his minions, right? And he's he gives this image basically of saying that the devil was probably standing there at the cross saying, "You know, son, I know that you're really special. You're a virgin. You're the the the, 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 the product of a virgin birth, and you've never sinned." But you know what? No one escapes death. In a few minutes, you're mine. Yeah. Right? And he said that in, in this talk, he says that Jesus camouflaged his divinity in human fragility. He camouflaged his divinity in human fragility so that he could get swallowed up by death only to explode it from the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is one of the coolest depictions yeah, of the atonement ever. It's like something out of Die Hard. But like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or some like some whaler that's trying to... <laughs> Exactly. Kill him. Well, yeah. the like make him swallow a grenade. You right. know, it's the only way to get him. But this is how he saved us. And this is how he saves us. This is how he loved us. And this is how he loves us. And so imagine, and that as she's seeing him exercise his dominion over Lord, uh, his, his his lordship over death, saying, "Father, into your hands I commend my spirit." And she sees that at that moment, he dies. 
because he has called forth his own death. And she knew that he said this man would, would suffer and die in order to be resurrected. She knew that he promised that resurrection. And so there's wonder and awe that had to have been experienced by her mother. She takes that all in. But even then, this is still her baby boy. And the heartbreak of this would be absolutely unspeakable. The awe is unspeakable, but so the, the pain would be unspeakable, too. They're two sides of one coin, and yeah. that's what's beautiful about this, and I think that something that if we're, again, going back to my favorite word, compassionate, if we're actually <laughs> going to see this through the eyes of Mary, we've got to understand fully or it, it attempt to embrace fully the, the pain, the anguish, the, the, the awe, mm-hmm. but then the sorrow, right? You, the awe and the sorrow hand in hand, and it's the same Thing. And then you start to so then you start to see some of the wisdom of some of the the Catholic both ands mm. you know that, that that are that happening you know in all of the the discussions about Catholic theology you know scripture and tradition faith and works and and you start to see sorrow um, essentially and awe you know something mm. so beautiful and then and that and all of that is the heart of redemptive suffering yes right we see in redemptive suffering it's a way for us. To live out that fifth sorrow of Mary, right? To to see, and if we connect our suffering to that of Jesus on the cross, now suddenly our our suffering has redemptive qualities, not just for ourselves, but everybody it's we apply it to. It, it puts meaning to the suffering, mm-hmm. right? Because you know Mary had to see the meaning. It's like, you know, do, did you not know I had to be about my father's business? Yeah. He could have said that from the cross as well. Right. Right? It's like, remember when I told you when I was 12? You remember when I said that? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I'm saying it again now. But it, it, so many people don't see the meaning of the cross. So many people don't mm-hmm. see the meaning of Christ's teaching in his church. And so to embrace that meaning, that also in itself consoles her heart, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, 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 I'll say it again every time. You know, when we're talking about God saving the world, he could have chosen to do it with a strawberry cake. <laughs> right? And, but he didn't. And, and, and this is why th- this, this action on the cross is so powerful because of this awe in, in terms of accomplishing this great feat, right, uh, and, and demonstrating dominion over sin and death, but also because of the compassion that, that, that comes from the, the sorrow, the, the pain and the anguish. When you connect those things too, it explodes and becomes this, this most uh, powerful uh, revelation of God's mercy, God's grace flowing out onto the world through the heart of Mary as well and how powerful that is. That's why we want to stay connected to this particular fifth sorrow of Mary. And so we, we, I just invite you uh, to continue to pray these uh, sorrows of Mary. Stick with us. We've got two more to, to discuss, and hopefully uh, it'll be a beautiful discussion. And we ask the Blessed Mother to continue to be with us on this journey through these sorrows. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, now and in the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.